Hello and welcome to the United MEC Leading Edge podcast. Our podcasts focus on alpha pilots and how to improve our profession. We live in a diverse, difficult world, and sometimes we all need to pull on the same end of the rope in order to make our world a better place. I'm the United MEC spokesman, Captain James Belton. Today, during this episode, we will focus on the craft effort United pilots are engaging in to aid the withdrawal from the Afghan conflict. We are joined by United 777 First Officer Jeff Godfrey. I had the pleasure of serving with Jeff as we engaged in the Afghan conflict several years ago. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you for being here with us today. Thanks, Jim. I'm glad to be here. In a recent Axios article, a State Department official described conditions for refugees from Afghanistan as a living hell. On that day, 3,700 refugees made it out of that hell, and 340 of them were on a United aircraft. Jeff, you were part of bringing those people out. What are your impressions? Well, Jim, it's hard to convey in words what these people are going through as you watch them walk across the ramp from buses to the aircraft with everything they own fitting in a half-filled small plastic garbage bag, clinging to their wife and small children, leaving behind everything they've ever known. It's easy, even for this former fighter pilot, to get emotional watching their plight, their uncertainty, their fear of the unknown, and their overwhelming gratitude. Volunteering for a mission like this changes you. That's amazing, uh, Jeff, and it's, it's gotta be gut-wrenching to watch those folks. Now, you're a 777 first officer. Our pilots who listen to this may wanna know uh, how you got the assigned flights that you did and, uh, and what are AMC charters and what is the craft? Can you tell us about that? Sure, the Civil Relief Air Fleet, the craft, is part of a national emergency preparedness program. It augments the Department of Defense airlift capability. Airliners like our 777s serve as a core component of U.S. Transcom's ability to meet national security interests and contingency requirements. Now, I think this is the third activation of the craft, if I'm not mistaken. The other times were for Desert Storm in 1991 and again in 2002 for the Iraq conflict. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's correct, Jim. Uh, Jeff, were you assigned or did you pick up this trip? How does that work? Well, my trip was an AMC military charter. I had previously added my name to the volunteer list for AMC charter and craft flights. So the charter desk called down the list in seniority order until they came to me and I jumped at the opportunity to assist in this historic, and I mean that historic refugee airlift. You can volunteer for craft flights by signing up on Flying Together. The, uh, the AMC craft language, if I'm not mistaken, and how we staff those flights are included in an LOA in the United Pilots Collective Bargaining Agreement. Your flight was carrying people from Al-Yadid Air Base in Qatar with an ultimate destination in the United States. Uh, tell us about that flight. Well, this was a very dynamic operation and change is constant. I was originally scheduled to deadhead to Kuwait City, bringing refugees out from there. Geopolitics being what they are, our flight was delayed and rerouted to ferry an empty aircraft with flight attendants and United maintenance personnel to Al-Udeed in Qatar. We departed Hahn Air Base in Germany in the afternoon, arriving around 10 p.m. with a planned layover of about two hours. Scheduled to depart just after midnight the next morning to land in Ramstein, Germany around 6 a.m. local. This was not to be. 
as with any dynamic situation, be prepared for delays and challenges that require creative solutions. Personally, I looked forward to these challenges and was eager to be part of the team that solved them. Which brings up a significant point. We were all volunteers. There was a tangible sense of teamwork among all involved, from dispatch to ground personnel to maintainers to the incredible flight attendants and cockpit crew. You could see it everywhere you looked, people helping with each other's bags, making sure everyone in the crew got through screening and security, everyone actively looking for opportunities to help each other throughout the mission. As you pointed out earlier, pulling on the same end of the rope. I've never experienced it in, to this degree in my 22 plus years at United Airlines. I was honored to be among such a team. We carried uh, 340 Afghan refugees and could have carried 15 more, but AMC couldn't sort out the difference between a lap and a regular seat passenger. The military liaison in Al-Udid was unable to fill those 15 seats short notice, stating they didn't have anyone they could process in time for our flight. This is something that hopefully can quickly be addressed with improved communication ahead of time to allow maximum passengers to evacuate. Most refugees had no shoes, none, repeat, none of the refugees were COVID tested, and it's unlikely that they had been vaccinated. That sounds like great work, and uh, this is an amazing challenge. Uh, I, I just can only imagine what you went through. So uh, this might sound like an odd question, but did these folks that you had on board, did they bring anything with them, uh, any bags, possessions? Was there any cargo on the airplane? Well, most passengers arrived with nothing more than a pillowcase or, as mentioned, a plastic garbage bag stuffed with everything they owned. A few, maybe one in ten, had a suitcase or a duffel bag. These people are leaving with essentially the shirt on their back and there was no cargo. They were so thankful to be on board. Several packs attempted to sleep on the aisle floor as they were exhausted. The flight attendants had to speak to them a few times to get them to return to, to their seat. And for in our case, for speed and simplicity, we had the packs board starting at the rear of the plane first. We made no distinction of who was able to sit in Polaris class, aside from at least one skilled interpreter who we wanted to be near where the purser was stationed. Our flight had not been properly catered prior to departing Han, so we had little to no food available for these refugees who had gone several hours without. AMC was able to acquire some sandwiches last minute, but we can do better. We utilized the uh, Dari interpreters among the refugees to translate the announcements. It seemed to work well to have them read from the flight attendants' personal electronic devices so they didn't miss any of the required info. Even with interpreters on board, many of the packs were very confused. They had little to no idea of where they were or where they were going. Many didn't understand the difference between Washington State and Washington, D.C. Our packs were not allowed off the plane in Germany, and transportation of the replacement crew was hampered by the van drivers not being allowed onto Ramstein Air Base. In the end, we hired a commercial taxi to shuttle everyone from the outbound crew vans at the front gate to the terminal on base. The taxi driver had no contract with 
united for this. And ultimately, one of our first officers paid for the six taxi trips out of his own pocket, hoping for company reimbursement. This totaled over $350. And I'm happy to report that indeed United was more than willing to fully reimburse him. It takes this kind of initiative to rapidly solve problems and overcome obstacles. In this case, my fellow crew member, Eric, didn't hesitate. What a great example to us all. Certainly, this is, uh, this is the best of our United crews going above and beyond. And uh, it's a fantastic effort that they put forward. Now, Jeff, we're not flying out of Afghanistan, right? It's only out of uh, uh, air bases like LUD. Is that correct? That's correct, uh, Jim. We're, we're not uh, so far flying anything into Kabul. Uh, military aircraft fly the U.S. citizens and refugees out of Afghanistan to a U.S. air base like LUD, and then we take it from there. Now, you served for a long career in the Air Force, and I was lucky enough to serve with you for a brief period of time. And uh, myself, I had the good fortune of living at LED Air Base and was involved in the enduring freedom conflict. I know you spent a lot of time engaged in that conflict as well. So how does it feel to cap that effort by saving these people? Jim, again, words are inadequate to convey the mix of emotions I've been feeling. But after multiple combat tours, as I continue to work through what this has meant to me, I think I can sum it up best by quoting one of my sons. He said, Dad, this might be your most important mission yet. That's uh, certainly wonderful insight from your, from your boy. I, I like that. Now, United has a chance to show the world that we are more than just a global commercial airline, but our employees and aircraft are part of a historic effort to better the lives of people caught up in the longest war that United States has ever been involved with. So what are your feelings um, when you look at what efforts you went through to, uh, to bring these people out of a, a war-torn country? Well, Jim, I couldn't agree more. I, I am humbled and honored to be part of Team United as we make history now and in the coming days. I certainly hope things will work out for the rest of the people that are going to be brought out. And, uh, and Jeff, I thank you for sharing your story with us today. We here at the United MEC Com Team do our best to bring your type of story to the rest of our Alpha brothers and sisters. Our response to this humanitarian effort is critical, and the Civil Reserve Air Fleet is truly a unique and historic way United pilots serve our fellow human beings. I'm honored United is part of this program. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Thank you for listening to the United MEC Leading Edge podcast. On behalf of our entire MEC, thank you for joining us. Fly safe and stay healthy. I'm Captain James Belton.